Welcome to the National Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh. Uh, joining with me tonight is the the prodigal son, the the long gone, David Perry. My God, sir, where have you been and how are you doing? Uh, I've been around. I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. Get... When was the last time you were on? Uh, I don't know. October? September, October, something like that. <laughs> I know we were talking about this before the show started and everything, but like it has, it has been forever. You, you've been busy. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of work. Right. Uh, sir, what, you know, what have you been up to? Uh, as far as nerd stuff, I'm just trying to catch up with all of the things that have been on TV. Yeah. Um, and well, the Mandal- we're in the middle of the Mandalorian. Uh, Bad are- Batch just wrapped up. I, have you I watched saw- today's? I may have to watch Bad Batch because I okay. saw something on on the talks of ticks. Uh, Clone Trooper ninety nine. The, the 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 one that's he's number ninety. I guess they call him ninety nine and everything. I don't know if he's from Bad Batch or if he's from something else or, or from like Clone Wars. Have you heard of him? He's the one that's yes. all like. Yeah, uh, he was mutated. Yeah, and they're, like they're just yes. showing the touchy feelies of like it's just like the highlights of him and everything. And like he's like, I know all my brothers. And I'm like, oh. And then they're they, like, he dies. And I was like, wait, what is this? Why would you get me emotionally attached in 30 seconds to this guy? Yeah, well, yeah. Cl- Clone 99 died during the Clone Wars okay. show. Okay. Uh, and then at the in the last episode of this season of the Bad Batch, one of the major characters died. Or spoilers. <laughs> wow. It's the 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 social contract on uh, on sp- the spoiler period is over because it Fair happened enough. last week. Okay. Um, he appeared to die. Oh. Um, but you know, like with a lot of things, like like in comic books, uh, if you don't see a body, are they really dead? That's I, I can get behind that. Um, you've been to you went back on the Galactic Star Cruiser for your second time. Yes, it was amazing uh, again. Uh, you, you did a different path this time, right? Yes. Uh, what did you so, do the first time? Okay, so there are four basic stories, mm-hmm. right? There are four basic stories. There's a resistance story, there's a first order story, there's the smuggler heist story, and there's a force user story. And so the first time I went, I did the smuggler or the heist story. And this time I did the force story. And um, it was an interesting experience going again. Uh, And part of the reason, or part of the impetus was... uh, the last time we went, I went the first, you know, the first time we went back in August, first of all, it was hot as blazes, but I went with my wife and my granddaughter and about halfway through my wife says to me, you're babysitting us, aren't you? And I kind of was, cause I was mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, Hey, we have to get to this secret meeting at such and such time, or, Hey, we have to go do this right now. And, and they were, they were not as engaged in the story or not keeping up with, with the thing. Cause you do all the stuff through your, the, your phone. There's mm-hmm. a data pad application. And so you have interactions and you check in here and you do this and you do that and you break this code and, and so on. Uh, and so this time, um, because I'm turning 50 this year and because my job lets me work as much overtime as I want, uh, I decided to go back. Mm-hmm. And this time I went by myself. Um, and I, what I told some people was I did less, but I felt like I had a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because I kind of knew how things were going to go. Mm. And so if I saw something happening and I wanted to participate, 
I mm. could jump right in. But mm. at the same time, if something popped up on the thing and it said, hey, you have a secret meeting. If I'd been to that secret meeting before, I didn't go back. Mm. And so I, I could pick and choose. Um, and then there was another there was there was one specific encounter that I wanted, because one of the things that you'll find out if you go on this is sometimes it's planned and sometimes it's random. But sometimes you're going to get a tap on the shoulder from one of the characters and they're going to say, hey, can you come with me? And you're going to go off for some experience either by yourself or in a small group. And there was one specific encounter that I wanted and um, and it happened for me and it brought me to tears. It literally brought me to tears. And so I was very grateful for that experience. Um, and then there were some other things that happened. Uh, like I said, I felt the first time I, I went unspoiled and I recommend everybody going un, unspoiled. Mm. Right? So I recommend that you just go. And when you step out of the launch pod into the ship, that, that you just let your eyes get wide and you get that big smile. And, and hopefully you have someone take a picture of you while you're doing that. Cause it's, it's just the greatest feeling in the world. Um, but there's a lot of stuff to do and there's a lot of FOMO, right? You, 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 you try to do too much and that can be detrimental. And so, but I encourage everybody to do that because there's so much to see and there's so much to do. And if it's going to be one of those experiences that you only do once, you probably want to try and do everything. But the second time I went back, I could be more selective. I could be more in the moment. I could just sit down at the bar and have a drink, or I could sit in the atrium and watch things go on around. And that made for a much more compelling and a much more satisfactory experience. Um, and mm. so, and the other thing also, if you, when you go back and you kind of get the lay of the land and you get to know certain characters, even though they might be played by different actors, all the characters are the same, right? So there's, there's, not to be too spoiler, but just drop some names which don't mean anything to people necessarily. There's the captain of the ship, Captain Keevan. And then there is, uh, there's a first order officer, uh, Lieutenant Croy. And then there's another character, uh, uh, Gaia, who is a Twi'lek uh, performer. And so once you get the lay of the land after the first trip, you see how it's going to go. And then you can, you as an individual, if you want, you can carve out a very specific interaction or you can craft your own character story and the actors on board are so good, they will play along. If you're willing to commit to the story, they will do it too. That's and cool. And so it was fabulous. Um, Would you go I a thought, third time? Oh, I'd, I'd go twice a year if I could. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, yes, because the, because there are two story the, the the two stories I haven't done yet. I haven't done hmm. the resistance story, and I haven't done the first order story. Okay. So I would go at least twice. Um, and then the other thing is within those four stories, there are a couple of sub stories that you can weave in and out of. And there's a, a couple of subplots in there that you can do. So theoretically, you can go six times and have a, have you know six different story experiences. And then, like I said, the other thing is because there's turnover in the cast and there's turnover in the passengers, my experience, all the cast was different. So my interactions with this Lieutenant Croy on this last trip, the, the guy who was fantastic, he was he was game for anything and he was super funny and quick witted. And the first Lieutenant Croy that we went was a little more guarded and still very good. But he was he was less. 
he was less out there. He was mm. he wasn't he wasn't quite as over the top. Uh, and same thing with some of the other characters. So even though the the scripted lines are the same, the personal interaction you might have with them is different mm. uh, every time. Um, it, it it was it was just amazing. I, I would I would go back a third time. I don't know that I would go back by myself a third time. Um, I'd probably have to get a roommate or work a lot more overtime at my job uh, to be able to do that. But uh, but it was it's it's fantastic. I can't I can't recommend it enough. If you can get past the price, and as long as when you go, you have to understand that it is you are not paying for a hotel that is Star Wars themed. You are paying for an adventure and you are paying for the opportunity to interact in a Star Wars setting with people who act as if you are on a spaceship. And so you have to be willing to commit to that. If, you know, cause I've seen people go in this and it's like, I saw this one guy and he just, he'd never left the bar. I'm like, well, why did you just, if you just wanted to hang out at a bar, <laughs> why are you here? Very well, cheaper well, ways. Yes. Number one, your room would have been, you know, would have cost much less and you wouldn't be paying, you know, $22 a pop for certain drinks that are on there, uh, on there. But at the same time, you know, you can also go and you can get a cup with a souvenir glass Ooh, that comes with its own base. And, and this is the fiery Mustafarian glass that you can get. And they have another souvenir glass that you can buy with certain drinks. Um, yeah. It just there's just all sorts of opportunities for you to give Disney their money, and they are very happy to take it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. But if, but if you know that going in, you'll be very happy. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I I would go back. I'd go a couple times a year if I could afford it. That's I I, I absolutely in that boat. Absolutely agree. Legitimately jealous. Uh, good for oh. you, buddy. I know it was all right, listeners. He did invite me, <laughs> and I was all about it at first. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I had a friend who really wanted to go and uh, an additional friend and he couldn't do it just yet. So we, we we both backed out and David said, that's all right. I'm too cool to hang out with you guys anyways. And he went and did it. Uh, uh, good for you still. Do, I'm I'm happy for you. Truly you were invited and you declined. I did. But, I did decline. But my other advice is if you were going to go and you plan on dressing up in costume mm -hmm. and oh, oh, and one of the. One of the great joys of this experience is, you know how in Disney, they don't allow adults unless you're paying for like the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, right? Which mm -hmm. is a separate ticketed event. They don't allow adults to dress in costume unless you're on the Star Cruiser. And then the only thing you can't do, you can't have a cape that drags on the ground and you can't have full face paint. But you otherwise, you can dress in a costume. Those are the only adults that they let do that. And it was just one of my one of my highlight experiences as uh, as a cosplayer and just as a star wars fan was being able to walk out in my armor under the millennium falcon and the other thing that it also you all can also do is you can carve out some some interactions with the cast um i took my friend travis he printed out 11 pounds of 3d printed credits for me and so everywhere i went i was throwing 3d resin printed 3d credits to everybody you know and there were people you know i'd there's a if you you went on smugglers run right yeah yeah the millennium falcon ride yeah which seat did you sit in i got the worst seat in the uh, the, the entire thing i was which the is... I, I, I was the the radar guy on the starboard side on the okay. right side yeah so i was just sitting there i'm like 
watching I, oh dude it was the worst exp- i had sure. the worst ride sure because you're all the way in the back right you, you can still kind of see but you're looking at everybody and all you do is press oh buttons. dude it, it was the worst it, it, not even just that it was we it was me my brother or no, it was me my dad and my son and we went on it and we're <laughs> like all right there's three of us so the chances are we're gonna get good seats no we got the three sucky one, one of them got the gunner and I got the, I think, engineer radar. I don't remember what it was. But all I know is I was just sitting here pushing the button, just like click, right. click, click. And it was the other family was up there, and it was, they were just god awful with it. So we were crashing. We got like the worst of the worst endings. And they're like, well, at least you brought it back in one piece, and then another part falls off. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm just sitting there like heated. Uh, and then, I think my son got to ride it again because we were doing, because we had the twins, we got to right. do the swap off and my right. son got to ride it a second time. And I'm just like, I was saying so many bad things under which, my breath. Did he say which seat he got the second time? Uh, He got the pilot. He got a pilot seat. He got the co-pilot. He got the, okay. so he got to push the warp button or they, and they almost forgot to push the button. Yeah, and I'm like, that's, that's awesome. all that's, that's the, it. Like if I went with them, I'm like, sorry, daddy's been waiting a long time for this. Right. No. Right. Well, see, when, when you go on the Star Cruise, they give you this pin. They give you a special pin from the Halcyon. Yeah. And again, I was in costume. I was in my full armor. And that led to some very fun interactions with people on different rides, but including Smuggler's Run. Uh, and like I said, I was throwing 3D printed credits around. And the guy who's there at the door who kind of gives you the different tickets, I said, mm-hmm. look, I would really like a certain seat. And I handed him a handful of credits. He's like, wow, this is almost more than Disney pays me. (laughs) (laughs) So I got the best seat on the ship. Nice. Which is the the right pilot seat. Yes. And uh, and I also, I don't know that this is policy, and I have never had anybody confirm this, but I have a feeling that uh, they give the choice seats and they give better experiences to people who are on the Halcyon because they're identifiable and you've paid a ton of money. Oh, and no uh and so so i mean anyway, i can't hate on them but right that was that was good sure. that's but i uh, but i will tell you if you plan on going in costume do not go in the summer because it is hot <laughs> as blazes in florida between late may and <sighs> early october or adjust uh, your costume accordingly or adjust your costume accordingly that's exactly <laughs> right uh but it was mm. oh oh and the other thing is okay so i booked this trip for late february right because yeah. i get on the google What's the average temperature of central of Orlando in February? Hmm. Oh, mid seventies, mid seventies would be fantastic weather to wear your armor. in, as long as it's not raining. <laughs> so like three days before I'm supposed to drive to Florida to go on this trip, my wife's like, Oh, by the way, have you looked at the weather for Orlando on, you know, on next weekend? I'm like, no, I haven't. So I look it up, right? Record high temperatures, upper eighties. But you know I what? Cool. <laughs> You can't even be mad because you know what happened to me in my Disney trip? Oh, you had the hurricane. Yeah. I had the hurricane. I missed two days. I was stuck two days in a hotel. Now, I got lucky. I got really lucky because I was at the Animal Kingdom, like it right. was the Safari Lodge. So there was more stuff to do. Sure. But we ended up switching hotels for the instead of like the last three days. It was only like the last day and like mm-hmm. I wake up. And it was the uh pixar arts of animation which right. is fine it's not a bad place to stay yes but for being stuck there for almost 72 hours would have been god awful 
yep. it would have been absolutely atrocious. Like, cause you would right. quite literally be, Oh no, I can't even imagine. Um, yeah. that oh, was, I, I, I believe it. I, there are worse places to get stuck for a hurricane than animal. That is absolutely true. And, you know, knock on wood, like, you know, thank you for everything. And I'm glad everybody was, you know, for the most part, like everything was, I mean, I know it was a bad one, but like, holy cow. Like, yes, we very spoiled uh, place to get stuck. Um, But but anyway, so I'm looking for people who are going to go, who would like to go maybe November, December, January of next year. So nice. Um, Change your mind. Let me know. Yeah, I will let you know. Uh, I gotta talk. Uh, Jay, Jay will totally be into that. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So you've been up to the ones of that. I've been particularly busy myself, good sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about this. Uh, let's see. I've been doing tons of D and D, which right, is kind of like what we wanted to talk about tonight. We wanted to try to right. give as much of a spoiler-free D and D movie review. Uh-huh. Um, we'll see how well that works. I, I don't have high hopes. Um, but I've been doing it my, my my friendly local gaming uh right. not the gaming store uh actually I, that's a lie i've been doing it at a beautiful business called fable mm-hmm. uh which is a neat coffee shop bookstore but it has this like fantasy feel about it okay uh i've been doing this for probably before like absolutely about like around september time frame is when i started um we're actually running a campaign out of it too. We're doing the Wild Beyond the Witchlight campaign because it's all like Fey Wild style. Right. It fits perfect with this place. Um, I'm making mead, and it's coming out good. Okay, good. Uh, I did. I did a cider mead um, recently, and it it dude, it came out. I, I opened up a bottle uh, couple last month, and it was at the four month, five month mark, and dude. Was this? It, it, I did a cider honey uh-huh. mead, and it came out. I think it was at eighteen point two percent ABV. Okay. Do you do that? Do you buy the kit for that, or, or how do you? Do, no, is there a recipe I, online, or do you? It's, just, it, uh... it's super simple. It really okay. is. Um, now there's a couple of different ways I've seen it. Like one is where you just pour the honey, you just pour everything in the jug, shake it up. You know, right. I mean, you let your yeast, you know, I, I, I guess produce is the best way to foam up or whatever you know right. make it and then you put that in there and like you put like honey bunch of distilled water uh some raisins or for the new or nutrients for the yeast and then you shake it up and that's it okay but and then the let way, it sit in a dark place for four months. like six weeks and okay. or the way i do it is you take the honey and the distilled water or in this case my i did cider you boil it, or, or you take a, the boil the the water to like uh, I think it's 110 degrees, and you let it cool down to 60 or 80. You let it cool down to 80. You add the honey, make it so you make a must, and then you put that into you let it cool down then to 70, I think, and put it in the the jar, and then you add the yeast and whatever uh, nutrients. Okay. And you let that sit for six weeks. I haven't tried just the the all natural way because I'm assuming that's you know like more traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might try it with this next batch, uh, but I've done like four batches now, five. Now, do you bottle those individually, or do you put them in a cask, or how do you? How uh, do you make I, it? I I have just the giant jugs, and I transfer it from one jug to another, and then I put it in uh, wine bottles style. And so glass jugs are like the plastic glass. Milk everything's jugs yeah. I, I okay. do everything glass. 
just because it's easier to maintain and less likely of a chance of getting mold. Okay. Um, but now, now do you have to seal that so it's airtight? Uh, do you put it uh, like airtight a with a little and it you, you seal it with a like they come with like rubber like corks and then it has a like a spigot in it that holds like to let the it bubble so okay. it lets your yeast ferment and everything. Uh, but no, dude, the kits are worth it. I mean, I started off with a kit to for making my initial batch, but I buy all the stuff. You, you can buy the stuff anywhere, and it's it's mm-hmm. not expensive. Like your most expensive thing is your honey. Uh, the better quality honey you get, the better off it's going to be. It doesn't mean like you can't buy like bulk honey from like Costco and it's going to be bad or anything like that. It's just you're going to get a more more of a flavor, I guess. I, I, I hear there's okay. a quality flavor difference. So, so I, I so, don't know. So you buy honey from a local honey vendor? I, I, ha- I have done, I've experienced. Savannah B? I have, a, I've actually bought honey from uh, Florida. I okay. bought a bunch. I bought uh, six pounds from there. Uh, I've done a batch here locally. I did four pounds of that. And then um, I've gotten, I, <laughs> I've tried the Costco. And I, I, I tried and I ordered from a uh, a bee maker out in I can't remember where the, the I think Ohio or something like that. Um, I haven't really tasted a difference, but I also haven't been making the exact same thing every time I've been experimenting. Okay. Um, I did like the uh, I did a a tangerine mead, so I wanted to get like or an orange mead, so I wanted to get like more of the bitter flavor from the uh, the oranges in it, and, and it turned out pretty good too. Um, that one's still fermenting, or not fermenting, but aging. Okay, um, so, <laughs> so are you going to become an amateur beekeeper and start farming your own honey? No, I am allergic to bees. So if you ever want to like take me out, uh, <laughs> let me step on a bee because that's it's it's <laughs> I, I I puff up like dude, it's it's funny I, I tell you say this. Yes, I'm allergic to bees and everything. I'm also I'm allergic to the entire like family and like hornets okay. and yellow jackets. It's uh-huh. just. What's what level of severity is going to happen to Steve? Honeybees, right. I swell up like really bad. Okay. So, um, and like yellow jackets and or hornets, I, one of them. It's if they bite me or sting me, uh, I just get like uh, it's it's like glass up my blood, like my nerve system. Huh. Okay. And so, I actually had this happen on the day of my wedding. Like we were literally doing photos for the wedding, and I got. Stung by a yellow jacket, and my whole hand just turned red, and you could just see like these little lightning bolts up, but and everything. And they were looking at me, kind of like making fun of me, Harry Potter style kind of stuff. But like it was, they're like you could see it on my hand, and like really? my thing in between my fingers was swelling up. Oh, I was so mad. So like I faked my smile like hardcore in all my pictures, and all I kept telling people was like when somebody was around me, I'm like, get me some damn uh, Benadryl. I need Benadryl. I'm in pain. And I just remember this lady telling me, she's like, oh, toughen up. It's just a little beasting. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'd have punched somebody. Oh, my God. I wanted to. It was, it was, but it's, it, you know, the wedding's never about the guy. It's never about the guy. It's, it's to make the woman feel like a princess. And yeah, it, but I, when your hand's the size of a softball glove, it, it luckily you're... wasn't a beasting. It was just, it was just unho- <laughs> unholy pain. It was so bad. I was so. My hand hurt till the next day. Like I couldn't I, bend my fingers. I had to taste somebody. Just oh, Benadryl. I mean, so so it's it doesn't give put you in like an anaphylactic shock or anything. Not like yet. That. 
Not yet. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to test that theory anytime okay. soon. So, so you don't keep an EpiPen around in case. No, you know... I, I, I think I probably should just in case. Okay. But no, I don't. All um, right. Yes. Yeah, so now my enemies know how to take me out. <laughs> Beast. Uh, but yeah, no, like. Yeah, no, I could. That's this. Where where did this whole conversation come from? Uh, no, I will never raise bees. I am, okay. I I get nervous in my yard because we get grow a lot of cloves because it's just mm-hmm. you know healthier, and there's bees out there, and I'm just like, oh god, my arch nemesis. Well, <laughs> and my kids are alone. out there They'll playing. They'll probably leave like, you alone. Yeah, well, my kids are out there running. They're toddlers, and they're like, oh, let me run around, and I'm gotta chase them. And you know, I like to wear flip flops. Well, right. I have a death wish, you know, it's, it's, it's all it is. Um, Keep it yes, around. <laughs> I should, but I've been doing that. And then uh, I actually just recently, and we even had him on the show. Uh, I just did a charity. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was, it dude, it was amazing. And I'm excited. Hopefully they can, they come out because uh, they had so much stuff that they had lots of food. They had vendors. The food was amazing. Um, I'm going to start off on the food because I'm a fatty. Uh, they had uh, a wonderful beef stew in this like uh, bread bowl that almost had like a honey glaze on it. There was wild boar. There was uh, baked uh, beets and potatoes and carrots and uh, apples. Uh, they had this nice salad with a, ro- a raspberry vinaigrette and they had some type of like apple fritter muffin looking thing with like okay. walnuts on it. Dude, it was so, oh man, I was in my heaven. Um, but we play, I played it. I played D and D for, from four 30 to 10 o'clock with nine people. Okay. Uh, eight of them had never played D and D before. This wow, was like their awesome. first time ever. So right. good. These people were amazing. They did. And I think, I think I can't even give you the number because I, I keep meaning to ask her how much we actually raised. Uh, but there was vendors. Uh, Fable was yeah. actually out there. There was a bunch of places where we're, uh, that were helping out there. Uh, the food, great. And we had 75 players that I, I think she's what she told me. 75 players that came to play, plus cosplayers, plus uh, just people wanting to come watch. And then they had a raffle. So it, And what I'm excited about is there was a photographer there doing like uh, scenic photos for you, cosplayer right. photos. And I was like, oh, that'll be fun. Let me take one. And I took my giant uh, uh, kobold. And -hmm. I was like, oh, let me get some photos with him in my my kilt and Scottish outfit and everything. And somebody's like, oh, you need a weapon. I'm like, all right. So I got like a hand axe. And the lady comes out to me. She goes, hi. She's like, hi. She goes, what's your character's name? And I'm like, that's Carl. And she goes, that's great. Who are you? And I'm like, I'm Steve. And she goes, yeah what are you supposed to be? And I'm like, I'm a Scotsman. And like, I don't have like a background or anything. She's like, she's asking me these questions. Like, what's the lore of your character? She's like, what is you? What are you guys doing? What kind of class are you? Are you a fighter? Are you a bard? And I'm like, obviously I'm unprepared, <laughs> like wholly unprepared. Cause I'm like, Oh, they're like, let's just take photos with them. I'm like stand in the angry post. Urgh. All right. You know, me and the cobalt, that was it. I just wanted something quick and easy. And they're like, oh no, we're doing like a 15. They went for half There's an hour. There's no such taking... thing as quick and easy. It's a half, it was a half an hour photo shoot. I've never done a photo shoot other than like the old like JC Penny's going to get a photo with your family for Christmas and Easter sort of thing. And 
they were like <laughs> the guy was cool like, like they were doing all these they had me hunched over they had me doing all these like me yeah. and him are like carl are standing back shoulder and everything we're having a good old time and then he's like man he's like you've got tattoos i'm like i do he's like i just want to rip your shirt and i want to spray you with water so you look like you're sweating he's like those tattoos would be so cool and i'm like well i'm getting ready to do a D game for a bunch of women i think they would think this is kind of cool so yeah why don't i do <laughs> just like and he's like i just want to rip your shirt and i'm like huh yeah. first off i think that's really cool but also like oh but <laughs> he was a great guy they were great people they were absolutely yeah. amazing truly truly were <laughs> nothing but good things to say um i had a blast it i they actually ended up having to cut my photo shoot short or whatever because like they were like hey you need to go down there your game's about to start and i was like oh right uh, did this really good fun display for everybody um I even had it because we were raising money. We were trying to they so you could buy these little tokens for like we'll call them cheats, but they really weren't cheats. They were like boosts and stuff, uh, rerolls and stuff like that. And uh, pay, I said, pay to win. Yeah, yeah, pay to win. Uh, but it was like I can't even remember. I think it was like a dollar a coin or something silly like that. No, nothing for charity. Yes, oh, that's absolutely. And so the, these people bought a bunch of coins and they were trying to use them, but they couldn't figure out. And then I was like, I have all these items over here because I had all this displays just to look cool. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make those all magic items, but I'm not going to tell them what they do. And I said, all right, for three coins a piece, you can have one magic item up there that'll help you fight the BBEG. And they're like, okay, we're going to get two. And I was like, hey, awesome. And they're like, what do they do? And I said, pick out the ones you want. And when you're done, I'll tell you what those do. So they picked the unicorn horn and... Uh, a book, oh, oh the uh, a a sp- air quote spell book, and so I was like, okay, well that one gives you know the the book helps the warlock it it super amps up their eldritch blast, and then the unicorn horn calls in a unicorn, mm-hmm. and that was it. <laughs> They're like, oh okay, but I'm like, uh, but I was like, but since this is a crypt and it's all like dark and gloomy, it's a skeleton of a unicorn. So they're like, they're like, it's this, and it's this bubbly girl. She's absolutely sweet. She gets all excited. She's like, I get a unicorn. And I'm like, yes. And you hear the the magical whinny and you see the shadow, the silhouette of it up on the hill. It's, it does its little, that's my horse impersonation, by the way, uh, thing. <laughs> and and she's like, yay. And they're all getting excited. It's a unicorn. It's a unicorn. And you just hear this clop, 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 clop. And out of the mist, you see the skeleton of a horse. And they're like, wait, it's supposed to be a unicorn. And I'm like, yes, you have its horn on it in it from its head in your hand. And she's like, oh my God, it's dead. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. And that's the horn. And so like uh it turned into a great time though. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Good. Um, and I think we're doing it again September 23rd. Okay. Is what great. Said. So I will definitely be doing it again. I'm already working on what I plan on doing. It's I have to one up myself. Um, I've also been doing LARPing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done it, uh, Vampires the Masquerade. I've done okay. it twice. It's not too shabby. It's, 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 it's fun. It's, I like it because I get to improve my role playing skills. Okay. Because it is, it's all role play. So it's, I, I, I've gotten a few of the other guys and we, we, we go do it. We have fun. And, and, we had Sam and Seth. Seth from uh, Classic Gaming Brothers. He okay. does it. And him and uh, this guy, Sam, who's an absolute charming British dude, um, 
both are on the show and they, they were pitching it and we we had you know i went and tried it out and i was like you know what let's let's all go try it and so we've been having i i think it's more fun with people that you know yes now do you uh do you play a vampire or vampire hunter uh vampire i actually so i made this character as a joke let me make this crystal clear i play a character who used to have a podcast show until uh-huh. he was turned into a vampire and then he decides he wants to have another podcast show as a vampire. Uh, okay. And so what I was like, I was like, well, if I'm going to make one, what do I want to be? And I was like, wouldn't it be funny? You know, me doing a podcast of episode about this, have a vampire who has a podcast. And I've actually gone because like everybody liked it. Everybody was laughing, thought it was fun. We even went and made a couple fake episodes for their podcast or for the, the show, their, their game. Mm-hmm. So there's an actual podcast called after midnight radio and so it's amf it's am radio podcast so after midnight and i actually owe conrad robel who was on the show that mm-hmm. name because he 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 came up with that and so, so did, yeah so do you have fangs and all the stuff i did things i did things the first night i did and it hurt my lips like a lot what kind of <laughs> like fangs can- did you get uh, well, I got a, I just had like a, I, I got a, I guess a bulk bag is the best way to put it. I found uh, okay. one. I was like, oh, I wasn't trying to go extravagant. So I was like, oh, there they were on Amazon. I was like, yeah, all right. For 11 bucks, let me get right. 10 pairs of fangs. And they're not bad quality. They're really not. The problem is like, there's various sets and there's like more, yes. it goes from very rounded to, you know, I want to slit my tongue every time I say hello. <laughs> Guess which one dumbass went for? Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, of course. If I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna go all out. I'm like, all right, let's get right. the pointy things. I am the vampire, you know. Yeah. And so we do it. Funny. Yeah, like, and I'm like, all right. So I did the wax and <laughs> heated up the wax and put on my teeth and put the fangs on. Uh huh. About 30 minutes before I went and did this 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 LARP, and I pierced my lips immediately. Like, I'm like, oh, ow, that's oh, hurt. Why do people wear these things? And I'm like trying to talk and I can't even have a conversation. My, trust me, Jackie, who, who everybody knows, it's not a really nerdy person. And she's judging me hardcore at this point. She's looking at me going, we're wearing things. And I'm like, you've seen me do worse things. All right, shut up. You're going to be a vampire. Like, you need fangs. Please so i did it and i was like all right uh and then uh so i i go to it and like i i keep dude i keep biting my lip the entire time and i get so i get there the thing started at seven i got there at six i'm like yeah doors open at six and you come hang out and i was like yeah let me go learn meet people before this thing but that i have never done before um and I'm just like, I get in there, like I'm hurting myself. And I I, I was like, I can't do this. I, I, I'm i out of immersion, whatever. I don't care. And I pull them out and they're, I'm like, hey, I had fangs, but I couldn't wear them because I kept hurting myself. Uh, we... Nobody else is wearing fangs. Nobody else was wearing. Uh, you think vampires, you think fangs. Nobody else was wearing them. They're, they're, I guess that's the point is because they realized you're going to bleed. You just and, need better fangs. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, nobody else wears them, and everybody's like, no. What? I mean, it's cool, good for you that you're you're trying to really be there, the vampire. But I'm like, they're like, no, you don't need to wear them. And I'm like, 
lips swelling up on the side exactly where the puncture holes are like i could go get them pierced and it would be nothing and they're all sitting there like oh no that's that's silly who would actually I'm like i don't screw me <laughs> but it was fun it was it was a weird kind of fun it, like it, it is yeah. very 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 nerdy like there's no doubt I about it like it, it but it is it's fun it, it's it's a different experience like completely different it's yes. it's it's a weird concept to think that you and a bunch of other adults are consensually agreeing to make believe and just like pretend you're all vampires it is well, it's, it, it, it's no different than dungeons and dragons you're at, you're when right when it comes it, down to it except yes, yes except you are moving except instead of having miniatures on a table you are moving through the space as your character absolutely Right. But that's um, but that's that's what it is. It's it, it's it is it is a different experience. Like they don't roll dice; they do rock paper scissors. And I was like, oh, it, it was. I will say this though: I did miss rolling dice for like when I did stuff. I was like, I want to roll dice really, really bad because you know I'm yeah. a D and D nerd. It's who I in 40k. I'm used to the clickety clackities, but it, it's I, I I do, and I'm going back for a third time. So I'm going back for my third session. So I I'm have good. nothing but good things to say. Except um, the vampires don't wear fangs. Yes, the vampires don't wear fangs. And beforehand, they and before the thing actually starts, everybody goes and has a few drinks, which is awesome. I was like, but you just see a bunch of grown ass people in various unique costumes. Yeah. Some of them like all over the eras sure. and just all dressed up. And I, it's, it's a great. I, I, I can't wait to do it again. It's a blast. I, I I I know I'm fixated on the fangs, but that's like me showing up at an elf meet without ears, right? It is. It's. It's. Yeah. You, that's right. why. Again, trust me. I was like, I'm. A, I'm dedicating myself to this. I'm going to be a part of. I'm going to LARP live action yes. role play. I'm going to LARP, and <laughs> I couldn't do it. I. I couldn't do that. What are you well, playing with over there? I was going to show you that when I was at New York Comic Con last year, there's a uh -huh. vendor there that sells acrylic fangs, Great American Gothic. Okay. They sell acrylic fangs and they fit them just for you. And they're yeah. not they're not big and obtrusive and they don't uh you're not gonna they're not gonna make you bleed. <laughs> so if you go next year, you should go check them out and get some acrylic fangs specially I'm fitted down. for you. Yes, uh, absolutely. It, it does make you talk a little funny because you're you know, you've got extra <laughs> team. Yeah. Dude, that you have to talk like that. When I was wearing those things, I was talking like that, and I actually sounded better. Okay, so before I went over, <laughs> I do not to say this, blah blah blah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I went over, so I went over to Fable before because I wanted to get me a drink because, like, again, they got good coffee and tea. Um, and so I was like, they're like, you want to drink? I'm like, yeah, I want to drink. And then they're like, they saw the things and they're dying like, ah. Uh, mind you, I play D and D there. I I do right. all their D and D stuff, right. and they're sitting there dying, laughing at me. They, they, they weren't making. It was just they're like, say something, and I'm like, I'm trying to talk, and then I'm like, and then I start doing that horrible stereotype, like Transylvania Dracula voice, sure. and it worked. Yes, it worked. I'm like, oh, I can talk. I can talk. And they're <laughs> oh, and they were crying, laughing. Like Tina was on the ground rolling. And she's like, I'm not uh, laughing at you. I'm not laughing at you. I'm like, oh, you are. You are. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And I was, I was just like, I was like, this is why he talks that way. I'm yeah. like, that makes sense now. It all makes sense. <laughs> I was like, um, dude, the things I learned, the things I learned, it was great. It's okay. Um, but you know, 
I feel like we should just get into the movie tonight because we this is what we can't you and I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um I, I I will say right off the bat, the there's only I love this movie. Thought it was a a wonderful movie. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Uh 10 out of 10 bar none is what I would give this movie. Um they for those of you who aren't aware, it's a movie about a essentially Dungeons and Dragons. You have a a gentleman who is was a, a part of some uh, organization, made some bad mistakes, uh, went to prison, if you will, for it, uh, and then wanted to redeem himself and fix the mistakes without giving away too many spoilers for this movie. Um, and it was it was great. They did a great job. You had. Uh, who, who let's i'm gonna pull them up because i don't want to screw this up everybody that's in that movie um uh so because i want to get everybody in it so you had uh sophia lillis you had chris pine you had michelle rodriguez you had uh uh who else was in it uh justice smith was in it and uh oh my gosh i'm gonna screw up his name because uh Regé jean uh page is that how you say his name close enough Okay, uh, so they were awesome, and there there was even some cameos, or not cameos. Well, there was, there was, there were some cameos. You got to see, you know what? Spoilers. Um, you get to see the. I know I lasted that long. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got to see the classic Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, people, uh, from the uh the with the show in the eighties. Um, but. You know, before I start spoiling it too much, uh, David, what did you think of it? I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I, it's one of those movies that it, if you remember the, the 1999 Dungeons and Dragons movie with Thora Birch and Jeremy Irons and Marlon Wayans, which was just awful. Um, so I, I would give this movie nine out of ten. I mean, and, and I can... I, and I give that as I think for a D and D audience, if you grew up playing D and D, or if you if you are a D and D enthusiast and you know anything about the game, it's a solid A A minus movie. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I enjoyed about it was it was accessible to a non D and D crowd as well. That Very if much you so. if you just went into it as just uh, and you just you if you knew it was a sword and sorcery movie, you you would have a good time because it was funny it was it was there's a lot of comedy in it and i know that some people are like oh i wanted some gritty you know dungeon crawl blah 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 no no that's that's not what the first dnd movie should be it should be accessible um and uh i liked that there were a lot of nods to and there, there were a lot of things in this movie that i appreciated as a dnd player that they made it feel like dungeons and dragons and not just again another sword and sorcery movie Mm-hmm. Because it could have just been Lord of the Rings, absolutely. Um, but they had there were some very specific things. They name dropped a lot of uh, places from and things and people from the Forgotten Realms. Right, that's where it takes place. It takes place oh, yeah, in yeah, Forgotten yeah, yeah. Realms. Yeah, and but then there are also some very specific game mechanics that were in the movie. That if again, if you didn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, that's fine. But when the when a spellcaster took damage, their concentration spell ended. Yeah, you know something that that you would that you have if you you have to know about 
you know, about the mechanics of the game to appreciate that. Now, they, they also take some dramatic license. They take some cinematic license um, uh, just because it looks cool. And, you know, the, the rule of cool over rogue, the rules as written, which is fine. Um, there there were some things that I missed. Uh, I didn't like or th- one of the things I missed was that the only kind of magic that you really saw was arcane magic. That there was the, the bard, for example, doesn't cast spells. Okay, that's and, true. And the druid really doesn't cast spells. Excuse me, the druid really doesn't cast spells either. The druid uses other powers. Um, you, you know, can see that, but I, I think I think the reason they did that is they didn't want to confuse the audience yes. that doesn't know. Yes, I, again, it it is a decision, it is a creative decision that I I think is a hundred percent good for mm. the sake of the movie you know and i know that some people they wanted they wanted a movie they wanted the crystal shard on screen or they wanted some, one of some of the one of the other dnd books uh they want a dragon lance on screen but what this does is it is accessible with an original story with uh with chris pine as the main character and michelle oh and michelle rodriguez oh my god phenomenal she is, she is so funny. She is so hilarious in this movie, just playing as the as the straight person. Oh my! Um, but, but it, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, because I no. I have nothing but good things to say. Right. Like it's tenfold good. Like they. So here's if if I and and I was telling the guys at work because they were asking me like, what did you think of it? And I said, this is what if you are to take an actual game of D anD D with you and your mm-hmm. friends, and you were to take that game. And put it into cinematography media. This is bar none exactly what it would look like. Yeah. Like oh, yes. the 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 whole scene with the 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 you know him telling his sob story and waiting on what was the Jonathan? Oh, oh yeah, J- Jonathan. Yeah. Oh, and then being upset that they're disrupting his backstory and his monologue. Oh, oh my god, that was great. And and yes. the the bar or the barbarian saying random things like I, you could see the intelligence like when Montreal Rodriguez would say. So. Something like it's, it's the intelligence checks. The fact that the paladin walks in a straight line, quite literally, like, oh, there yes. comes a rock. Is he gonna? Is he gonna die? Nope, he's yes. gonna keep walking. Like, yes. th- or when the sorcerer accidentally steps on the bridge, <laughs> like, yes. those are fail checks. Those are skill check fails and pauses, like, yes. like uh, nat twenties. That you could see everything. Like, oh. I, I think I, I can see how some of the scenes in the movie were written by a bunch of people sitting at a table with a stack of dice next to them and somebody's writing it down and the movie came out of the gameplay. So fun fact, they did all play before they actually did their, their roles. They actually played their characters in a game of D&D. Sure. There's no doubt in my mind that helped influence how they played those characters in the game or the Well, movie. and and the other thing that I also appreciated is is you can tell that the writers and the directors of Honor Among Thieves they know Dungeons and Dragons or they at least had very good technical advisors when they were writing the script and they and they have affection for the game. Um because you can't say that about some other some other fantasy series that have come out lately, like The Witcher, mm-hmm. where where they are, you know, basically t- taking some of the lore and the backstory and the source material and either just changing it or crapping on it, and and being disrespectful. I I thought that the 
the way it was written was very respectful of the source material, both mm -hmm. for for uh, Gary Gygax and for Ed Greenwood as the creator of the Forgotten Realms. Um, you know, I, oh, yeah. I've gone to see it twice. You know, I even took out half a day of work to go see it uh, the <laughs> second time. So and, I uh, went and I went and saw it with my uh, my son. Uh -huh. And I want to take my wife to go see it. Like I want, oh dude, I would go three more, four times, and I'm going to giggle at every single sure. moment. Like yes. when I saw, so the funny thing is when when you see and it says because it doesn't. They, I wish the only thing I, I don't know if I wish it, but it would have been nice to know where they were. Like when it's they're in Icewind Dale, if you just see Icewind Dale in letters right there, right. because all I kept thinking when I saw that I was like, man. That explains why my my team, my 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 personal players, who when they played Icewind Dale, lost thirty two sled dogs throughout the entire campaign. Because <laughs> you you look and you go, hmm, yep. Right. Um, my only beef, and I very, I will say, very 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 small. It's 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 not even a niblet of beef, but uh, the Aracaca and the Tabaxi looked a, like they looked a little too fake it well, looked and, a and so did the dragonborn i mean let's be honest um, I, I think I, I didn't see that as much just because i was fascinated i was like oh my god it's dragonborn but yes i i guess right. it could well but the, the the thing that i appreciate that as a movie fan was you even though they kind of looked like a furry and kind of looked like an animatronic <laughs> yes i appreciated that they you could tell a lot of the stunts and a lot of the things were done practically. Mm. And I appreciate, I, you know, like with, we haven't talked about the Andor series, but the, you know, I appreciated that that was a lot of that was done as practical effects and practical stunts. And you can tell on some of the other, you can tell in some of the other things that have come out that they were done on the green screen or they were done in the volume. Mm. And, and I appreciated that they were making a full size tabaxi. And that they made a full size Aarakocra, and they made a full and they yeah. made a full size Dragonborn, even if it didn't, even if it looked a little wonky. Um, I, that, that's something that I, I I appreciated that they made the effort instead of just because they they could have very easily just said, ah, oh, we're going to make this CGI. Now yeah. the, the dragons, of course, are obviously CGI, uh, but that you know, <laughs> but that's you know, but that's I I do appreciate that from a, a perspective of the movie is that they tried to do a lot of things and it looks like they tried to do a lot of things physically. They did. Um, it, it was, it was so good. So, so good. I, I legitimately nothing but good things, minor, minor things. I know everybody was complaining about the Druid shape shifting from one thing to another animal without going back to her physical form. But again, it, it and I will pull if I, if I have one near me, the D and D books and all the D and D books, it says, this is just a guideline, you know, the, the overall mm -hmm. rules and regulations and what it happens at the table right. is determined by the dungeon's master. So right. if in, in my mind, the DM said, yep, you can do this. However, as, and, and, and here's her, my logic for the whole spell things. Fine. You want to be able to shape shift wild shift from one animal to another. All right. You lose your spell slots. You can do wild shape, but that's it. Right. That, and I, th I think that they did that because they wanted to emphasize the ability of each character mm -hmm. um, at, as a unique thing, as you know, uh, because one of the criticisms that you've heard is that they didn't have a healer. There was no healing magic that was that was done except for the except for the the, the one thing that they were trying to get. Mm. Right. Yeah. But but I 
I think what they did was, I think they did that for a good reason. And as I said a second ago, the rule of cool overrides the rules as written. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they did, they didn't, the Druid didn't cast any other spells. Yeah. Um, uh, but I did appreciate that they brought in, you know, it wasn't just a party of humans. There is a, even though they looked human, there's a half elf and then a tiefling. Um, I think they represented, uh, they represented the different characters and the different races of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. You know, they were halflings. Uh and so including some one very unexpected cameo is a half. Oh my God. Right. And, and, uh, and, you know, there, there were, there was uh that started off with the, uh, there were bugbears, you know, there were uh, other Sylvan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was, uh, there you was... know, the, the displacer the... beast. We, we've seen the displacer beast yeah. in the, in the trailers. What was the, what, what was the, the, what was the, the, the creature that went into the, uh, the, the prison cell with them? Was that uh, an was ogre a... or orc? I, th- I thought it was a bugbear. Was it? I I honestly don't know. I thought it was a bugbear. Um, I, I mean that make that would make more sense. I couldn't figure it out I, at first. I was like, maybe it's a half orc, maybe it's an, a half a half ogre. Um, I was like, it's ugly, whatever it is, <laughs> it's nasty. Uh, yeah. but it was cool. I mean, bugbear that would be that would be awesome. Um, right. I have a player um, in a campaign. Oh, there was a right yawn tea. We saw one very very. There was a. Yes, 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 yes. You know, so I, I think that again, they they name dropped a lot of uh, they name dropped a lot of people, places, and things from the Forgotten Realms. Uh, they also they they did a good job of coming up with an original story. I mean, this is a heist movie, right? When yeah. it comes down to it, it's a heist yeah. movie, um, and there are some side quests that that are that go on. Like you were talking about, you know, you giggle at every turn. I mean, there were some things on there. I thought were hilarious. My wife was like, why are you laughing? I said, well, that's because every player character has done that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the only thing I kind of, the only thing that kind of made it unrealistic, not unrealistic, uh, not true to D&D was there wasn't that one character who just became the murder hobo who killed everyone <laughs> because that's what my character would do. Or that other one character who was just this juvenile, because we all started playing when we were 12, right? Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. when you're 12 and you're playing a role playing game, your character either wants to kill everything because that's what my character would do, or they want to have sex with everything because <laughs> that's what my character would do. Right. <laughs> Those two elements were missing. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> but it was, yeah, you're right. It was but, oh, one thing that could have made it better when they're doing the wrap up and everything at the end. If they could have had, like actually had them all as their actual people, like as themselves <laughs> sitting around, like, a table playing and that's the end of the session that would have been wonderful and like the dm is either the wizard or forge sure. it would have been oh my god that that's like the only thing i would like to see different but okay well, I, I wouldn't even say like to see but you know it would have been funny that would have been fu- yes I, I i i don't disagree but i also think that 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 would kind of take you out of it uh okay, that it would be kind of like the princess bride kind of thing um I mean, if you really, if they really want to get meta, and there are some things in there that were very meta, you know, you can only ask this thing five questions. That seems arbitrary. <laughs> but if they really wanted to be meta, what they will do is in the next movie, it'll have the exact same cast, and everybody's playing a different class, and a different race, love and a different to character. See that so bad, like absolutely bar none. <laughs> um, so I have some fun facts about this movie that I found out. Um, okay. All the uh, so. I, I, uh, not all the castle scenes, but the castle scenes, some of the castle scenes 
are actually from the uh, the same castle that was used in the very first Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember yeah. which specific scenes, the, but there are the, spots. There, there, there was a hallway scene where you can tell it was Hogwarts. That's awesome. I can't remember that. I, I mean, I remember that like area. Um, when uh, they were doing the spells, when they were doing the spells, they used actual sign language for some of the words to uh embody the whole like when you casting a spell it's not all verbal it's not all mental it is like actual gestures and And some of them had material components too that's true yes and he was see them use the material component um and i know i don't think you're you you don't really watch critical role or listen to them at all do you not not consistently no okay so there was a homage to one of the characters in the current campaign uh, I'm not going to say his name because that will immediately give it away, mm-hmm. but it's, they make a homage to him or, or them in the, in this, uh, in the movie as well. Uh, I am a little disappointed that they didn't have some of the people from maybe from critical role or some of the people that are notoriously famous for their Dungeons and Dragons, like things right. as like cameo background characters, or maybe there was, and I just missed them, but I haven't heard anything other than the one cameo. Well, I I think they didn't want to be too meta. Mm. That's um, you know, the, I, I I don't know. I I think some of that would have been great. I think it would have been great if they could have gotten you know Ed Ed Greenwood or Bob mm. Salvatore or Elaine Cunningham or some of the other uh, 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 Tracy what Hickman about, or Margaret Weiss. What about I, like that a would bust be to like Gary Gygax? Supposedly that there was a dedication cool. at the end of the credits, but um, oh, was there? That's I've heard that, but we we left. Oh, by the way, there's a mid credit scene. There is mid credit scene. Yeah, I did. Uh, we, we we left after that, but um, yeah, I, I think you're right. But there's also this that that phenomena of some people were always going to be disappointed because it wasn't fill in the blank. Oh yeah. Right? Right. It didn't have Elminster. It didn't have, you know, it didn't have Wolfger and, you know, Brunner Battlehammer or everyone's anyone's favorite character. Right. Yeah. So there was always going to be some of that. Um, but I thought for coming up with an original story, I thought the right thing to do was to was to make it as a comedy because it's accessible. And then the other thing that that also does is it. I was very glad that it distinguish itself from like Vox Machina because mm. as much as I enjoy Vox Machina if they were to put that on live screen it would be a hard R and I liked that it was without the gore and without the profanity no, and without was... the the adult content that Vox Machina is and Vox Machina is great on Amazon Prime <laughs> excuse me but this movie needed to be something that was accessible to a wide audience that was family friendly and fun. Yeah. And well, and that and it was. It was that. And that's 100%. what D is. D yes. is supposed to be for everybody. And yes. I can't emphasize it enough. And, and and I've actually I had several people hit me up after I saw it and they're like, hey, would you go take your kids to this? And I told them truthfully, I'm like, look, if the twins had the attention span where they could sit through this, absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. th- there's I mean, there's a little bit there's some swearing, whatever. Yes. Um, there's no real true gore like there's a little bit of blood and i think that's about it and there are some emotional scenes but like honestly 
No, the, the, the they would love the entire movie. They would love to, uh oh my gosh, what's the the giant fat dragon's name? Uh Thurg Therma something Thurg. Oh my god, I do know Member Shard or something like that. Yes, yes. And I actually know his like background story and everything. It's funny. <laughs> uh what I can't even remember his stupid dragon's name. But I thought that was hilarious. Dude, the scene with the intellect of ours yes. was oh my god, I was like that is such a DD that like Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never played D&D, this is exactly how like nine out of 10 games go. I will even say 9.99. There is that very minute piece or one uh, piece of a yes. campaign. But like they they all gave their background stories. They did it in fun ways. Yes. Like that you, you got to hear their backstories. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yes. And it was very well done. They each had like it wasn't all tragic, but it was like. Well, they all kind of were, were at either, some level. Yeah. And, but it was it was very good, it was it was yeah. so good, and just I I have nothing but good things because I'm still giggling like to, to the whole mm-hmm. intellect of ours. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a little insulting. Like yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I hope they make sequels. Sequels. Oh, so I know they're doing something on Amazon. Uh, with um, Joe. I always screw up his last name. Joe Manganiello. Yes, Man- J- Joe Manganiello is doing something. I know they just did a documentary, but they're also doing an actual live action series. Um, or it, it, maybe it's the, a mini series. The the rumor is that he's go- putting together a live action Dragonlance ap- yes, adaptation. Yes, that's that's yes. Um, huh. And let's see, where is it going to be? Uh. I know you said Amazon, but I heard Paramount. That could be it too. But but either way, streaming. Yeah, it's a stream. Yeah. It's one of the streaming services. But it, it's you know, it's I, it. Yes. Yeah. I I think it. You know, D and you know, we were talking about D and D being accessible. I I think what would be nice, just just <laughs> as someone who consumes D and D media, it would be nice if they would come up with a a D and D series that's very much like American Horror Story. Hmm. Right. So every season might have some of the same actors, but mm. playing different characters and having a different story and a different campaign. I absolutely and th- agree. And then maybe there's some overlap. Maybe there's some some common threads. But each season being a self-contained story and being a self-contained arc, I, I think that would be fantastic. And so it's... then one so then one one season, you could have something that's very much like Strat. Mm-hmm. And one season you could have something that's like Eberron, and another season you could have something that's like Dark Suns or Spelljammer or Dra- or Kryn or Dragonlance or w- even go back to Greyhawk <laughs> or or some of these other settings that exist, and all under the umbrella of Dungeons and Dragons, and do it with a high production value um, that doesn't have to be ex- expensive, um, you know. Be- but then you get you run the risk of your show becoming either the witch or something like willow uh where it's just, just, the, just the, the people who take care of it are not are yeah. not into the the franchise and don't have respect for it I, I, so here i agree with you for the most part but i also disagree in my prime example is the mandalorian because the mandalorian it it has a it is it is a quality product it is doing good, but it it does have that Disney budget behind it. It has a good cast, and it definitely the writers and directors have a lot of love 
for Star Wars. And you can uh, you can see that. I, I you know, I do argue Book of Boba was <laughs> but uh Mandalorian itself done a good job. It's and I feel like the formula that they have made for the Dungeons and Dragons, keeping it legit, keeping it like a campaign, keeping it with the, you know, if you want to do a serious one, sure do serious. I don't think that's the best way to go with this. Keep the happy, I, I say keep the true vibe of a D&D campaign for the most part. Right, like, which is just ridiculous juvenile humor. Yes, well, well, but, but it's I, a fun I, formula. I, I will also make an argument with The Mandalorian is mm -hmm. that The Mandalorian is successful because it plugs into the Filoni-verse. Mm -hmm. That it plugs into some of the things that we have that the seeds that have been laid in the past, which are paying off now. The, you know, the characters of Bo Katan and Ahsoka and some of those others that started off in in the Clone Wars or started off, you know, in, in some other setting in Rebels, that they're now bringing those into live action. And one of the, one of my criticisms of of some of the Filoni projects is sometimes it seems like they've gone out of their way to be very fan servicey and drop things in just for the sake of either something that's going to pay off later, later might be years down the road. And sometimes it's not just, Hey, look at, sometimes it's just, Hey, look at this for the sake of looking at this. And sometimes it's, it's paying off something which is very rewarding but sometimes it's also just seems like they're bringing this character in just to bring this character in because i would yeah, make yeah. another argument on i don't know have you been did you watch andor i did okay so the great thing about andor is that it was made by people who revere star wars and understand star wars but it was not made by a fan mm. and what andor does is it tells a fantastic story but mm. they don't feel like they have to just drop things in for the sake of dropping things in. And, 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 or in my opinion is some of, and also rogue one, because it's made by the same person, Tony Gilroy and, or and rogue one are some of the best star Wars content that Disney has made because it's not bound to, it's not directly trying to tie into some other things in a direct way. It's very self-contained. And I think if they did D a D and D series, in that same way tie some things together but have 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 your party of four or five or six people however many how many you have they're here for one adventure or one season and then the next season like i said maybe it's some of the same actors but they're back as different characters and you can have a different tone uh and just to be able to see and hear different voices of people who play D, &D i absolutely. think that would be fantastic absolutely no i absolutely agree with that um and, and, and when you're talking about, like, you know, how they link up, one of your mishaps in one season could be the origin story for another character. And, like, right. you, you know, you go and you killed the thieves. Well, the thieves turned out to be the parents of this kid, and this kid is now in an orphanage, and now you, it's that actor playing that same or some another actor from me, but yes, sure. It, well, and and you know they, this this uh, series, this movie takes place mostly uh, along the Sword Coast in Neverwinter. Yeah. Well, for, Forgotten Realms are a huge place, and so <laughs> you could have you could have a series that takes place in the Dale Lands. You could have a series that takes place in Icewind Dale. Uh, you could have a series that uh, takes place, you know, um, the oh, what's the desert in the middle anyway? Yeah. In, or in Thay, or or uh, you know, the, uh, minor spoiler alert. 
it's also kind of been in the trailers. You know, the primary antagonists in this movie are the Red Wizards of Thay, right? But there are also all sorts of other antagonists which are all very much alive and well in uh, in the Forgotten Realms. So maybe the Zentrum become become your antagonist for one series. But uh, there are a lot of different ways they could go. But I think um, I think there's that, there's, there's there's so much lore. There's so yes. much stuff. That, I mean, I would love to see the Yawning Portal. I would love to see the Fey Realms. I would. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And to the, see uh, like uh, a Barovia. Oh my gosh! Give me a Curse of Strahd series. Right. In a heartbeat. Right. And and there's so many. And we only saw. All right. So we saw humans. We saw. We'll say we saw eight species, like eight races in this movie. Like, I think that's kind of around the number. We didn't see any Warforge, or at least you not directly. You did not. Well, see... The Warforge exists in Eberron. They're not on. Forgotten oh, that's Realms. right. Yeah, you're right. Forgotten Realms. Um, I mean, but there's still there's still a ton of other stuff that we haven't seen. Uh, yes, yes. And, and and they did they did they name dropped like a, out, out the wazoo uh winter deep or water deep they dropped mm -hmm. um uh boulders gate i got excited when they said boulders gate i was like oh we're right. going to boulders gate what and then they're like ah no we're not going to boulders gate he's a never winner right i want to go to boulders gate do you know what the heck with well, it? but that that's that's the thing you know with these movies and the same thing and the, the people criticize the X-Men movie. The X-Men movie comes out and they said, oh, well, why did the first X-Men movie have fill in your favorite character, right? Because everybody has their favorite character, whether it's, yeah. you know, Psylocke or Cable or, you know, somebody who just wasn't in the first X-Men movie, you know, and, and that's just kind of how this is going to go too. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I know. And and that's okay. You know, I, I think, uh, I think you know, we as fans, this is the movie we've been waiting for um, Bar none. Uh, for a long time. Uh, again, especially especially after the first three D and D movies, which were just awful. Uh, the first one was in the theaters, and the second two went straight to straight to DVD. Not Are you sure it wasn't VHS at that time? Right. <laughs> it, it probably straddled that line between. It wasn't Blu-ray. <laughs> oh no, it definitely wasn't that. No. Oh man, I remember going to GameStop and like they they would be right there for sale, and I was like, "Ooh, you never went to theater, and you're sitting right there." No, no, yeah, I no. don't think I will. No, thank you. No, thank you. I think they were on Sci-Fi Channel once or twice. Ooh. Yeah. No, I love Sci-Fi Channel, but like, oh, oh man, you know what? <laughs> go see it ladies if you haven't seen it go see it if you have seen it go see it again yes uh we need to boost their numbers because i do want more uh th yes. this is something i definitely want to be greedy about here um well i, I think it has been successful i yeah. mean it dethroned john wick four that's um, true it did so <laughs> and we'll see how much it makes and how you know because that's the metric is how successful is it so it needs to make a hundred so the budget was 150 million so it mm -hmm. has to beat that, which I think internationally right now, total, I think it was around 70 million. Okay. So it's 38.5 for the first weekend. Um, okay. And in the United States. So if it keeps on the path, I mean, obviously it's going to tread down a little bit, but like, yeah, if they keep on the steady path the way they are, in three weeks, they'll meet their budget. And uh, once they meet the budget, everything's profit after that. And I think well, if I... they make 250, they'll they'll give us another one. Sure. Well, you know, we, we went I went the I went opening night. So I went Thursday night 
and there were all mm. of 10 people in my theater. Now, I also went right at dinner time. Mm. That's kind of my fault. Um, but there were 10 people in the theater, you know, but there were other showings as well. And then we went on Friday, my D, the group I play D&D with, we went and five of the six of us dressed in character. Uh, and there were also 10 people in the theater, but that was on a Friday afternoon at like 1230 or something like that. So, <laughs> but it does seem like a lot of people have gone to see it. A lot of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, virtual, real, and on Facebook, I uh, have all talked about them going to see the movie. So I, I hope it does well. I hope it, it does become profitable. Um, I hope it's not a one-off like Battle Angel Alita. Um, it's not, a, it's not perfect, but it's, 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 a good D and D movie. I mean, it's not winning any awards or anything like that. Uh, but it also has, it has a surprising amount of heart to it. I it mean, does. you know, there, there's a, there is a, a scene at the end, which, you know, will make you go, hmm, Oh, that's very sweet. And you know, if you're super emotional, it'll probably make you cry too. Um, I, I'm proud to say I didn't cry this time. I, <laughs> I, I look, I'll admit it. I am, I'm an emotional creature, but I, I, <laughs> I managed not to, I was like, I was actually saying like, Nope. No, yeah, yeah. no, no. It was trying. Though. It was trying. <laughs> it was trying. I was like, um, nope, not going to feel emotional. <laughs> well, and and the the way they ended the movie is they could they they could pick up these same characters Bar- and they absolutely. could they could go on another adventure or they could pick up another D and D movie. They could title another movie Dungeons and Dragons and then come up with with another story. Um, and but like with a lot of things, uh, if they do decide to make a movie or a trilogy. I would hope that they would, because this is my criticism of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. I hope they have a plan that they could write. They could they could write two movies, shoot them back to back, and then turn turn this part this party right. Uh, you know, uh, um, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, uh, let's see, oh, who do the other two? Justice Smith and sophia lillis they could turn those four into a very good adventuring party because they, they're built around the four classic D arch- archetypes right yep. cleric fighter uh, magic user thief right it's built around those four and then they could introduce some more things so maybe the druid does some healing and maybe the bard can do some healing and cast some spells and some other things like that uh and they could make that into into a, a another two movies again if they have a plan and if they would shoot a couple movies back to back that's how they could save some money too um that would be very nice and then maybe go on like the mcu is doing and just keep making more movies and just adding more characters and having people come and go i would love to see an mc universe version of dungeon like D. Mm-hmm. um yes. oh my god on so many levels would i love that uh yeah I, 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 but the, the thing I take out of all this, and again, you know, kind of wrapping this up because it's, it's, I hope this brings more people to the game. Yes. Like, I hope I mm-hmm. struggle, like, at trying to find play, put, put, where places to put players because the more people you bring to this, the more people find out that this is really fun. It is, it's neat. And even Chris Pine was saying in an interview, I remember there was, he was talking about it. He was like, yeah, dude, this is just like acting, except we're doing it at a table. And he's like, it's a blast to do. They got excited that the premiere to roll dice. It, yes. It's it's makes me so happy because you get to see this. And it it takes away from the stigmatism of the negativity that has come with Dungeons and Dragons. And we've talked about this a billion different times. And it that that negative culture that follows with this game, it's going to help alleviate that and it's going to do it in the best of ways. 
Um, I, like you I said, agree. 10 I 10. agree. As, as someone who grew up during the satanic panics, and I, you know, I, it never really affected me and the, my friends. Mm. Um, but I, I know folks, you know, they, they, their parents wouldn't let them hang out with us if we were playing Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny that when we went to the theater, Dungeons and Dragons was showing in this theater and right next to it was a movie called His Only Son. And one of the things about the <laughs> Satanic Panic is the fundy Christians were worried about Dungeons and Dragons and heavy metal music and all this other stuff and that it, it led people to do drugs. It led them to cannibalism and human sacrifice and all this other stuff, right? So His Only Son in the theater next to the Dungeons and Dragons movie is a movie about Abraham who is called by God to sacrifice his son. That's a little bit of irony if you ask me, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I think that I, I think that this movie is going to bring people to, to D and D because like I said, it is accessible. Critical role is very funny and critical role is very good. And there's some other D and D podcasts out there that are very good, but a lot of those people that play are, are adults. And yeah. and that that's a different kind of game than when when young folks play. And and I think that this will be accessible because, like you said, the movie, the, it's it's got cartoon fantasy violence. You know, people do get stabbed with swords and, and all that other stuff. But there is not the gore of Vox Machina. There's not the gore or the the adult content of House of Dragons or Game of Thrones or anything like that, um, you know, because I think Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings movies brought a lot of people to the Lord of the Rings as a franchise. Oh, yeah. And D the original D&D &D content was based very much on Lord of the Rings. And I think that brought some people uh, to the to the game. And I think this will do the same as well, because it is lighthearted and fun. Uh, and the spoiler alert, the good guys win. <laughs> you, you know, know what i'm talking thinking about that like that whole stigmatism and everything i i, I can't wait because i oh, there's another thing i've been doing is i've been helping out with my son's uh uh D, &D club mm -hmm. and there's 30 kids in that club yeah. it's huge oh my god it's, it's so amazing it makes me it, there are and, and it, there are boys and girls there's a huge variety of both you know it's split down the middle awesome i love right. it and I can't wait to go back to our next D, like our next club meeting, which is you know, a couple weeks, and to see how many of them went and saw the D and D movie, and to see how excited they get and be like, and try to bring more kids in. I would like, like I said, mm -hmm. absolute blast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do hope they do the MCU of this. Truly, truly do. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Uh, all right so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up as always please like subscribe and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and if you are listening to us on apple or spotify please remember to rate and review we're also on instagram and facebook so please like us and follow at dna pod and on our twitter at near <laughs> at nerd dna pod or on our website nerddnapod.com. uh i'm your host Pew, and i have been rejoined by the stellar the galactic exploring and because I haven't said it to him in a long, long time, the impeccable <laughs> David Perry. David, thank you so much for being yep. on the show tonight. Good to be on again. <laughs> thank you and good night. <laughs>